0: okay yeah i like that i'm actually abs- actually i'm i'm better than fine with that
1: it's not bad that was like a smooth it's not smooth bad. intro
0: you know i mean i almost don't want you to turn it off because it's setting the mood over here <laughs> okay. uh ladies and gentlemen we're back first of all we're back my god where we been will um yeah exactly outer space yeah exactly Exactly. It's been a while. And we're back in a big way. You know why? You want
1: to explain why? I'll explain why. Go ahead. We're back in a big way because this is the best part of Lou Later.
0: That's true. I think it is. I'll agree with that. You know? Introduction here. Uh, bring up the YouTube channel real quick, Mr. Willie Do. For those that don't know, it's Matthew is is in the house today. And I really, I mean... I don't know how much, if you've watched any of these in the past that we've Mm -hmm. done, but it's been a lot of YouTubers sitting where you're sitting right now. And we've been having conversations. You and I, you can't, we haven't, we never met before, before this moment. Is that, is that correct?
1: That's correct. Like we were talking about before we kind of passed by each other, but we've never formally met,
0: you know? Which is weird because when you're in this space, like you go to events and you, well, you and I are in the same city. Mm-hmm. and but you go to events and you cross paths with people when you know a lot of people peripherally and also you watch people on the internet and sometimes you actually can't remember if you have physically uh right. interacted or crossed paths
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in our case we haven't no until right now this is a special day. moment and we hit the record button on it yeah so whatever happens happens that's right that's lovely
1: no it is lovely and i think the conversation aspect, especially in the tech space, is kind of missing, right? That's what caught me because it was the first episode I watched of yours here on with Peter McKinnon, and that was like, this is this is Lou later, you know, mm. to me at least. To me, it might be different for somebody else because everyone has their own subjective opinions. But to me, that was Lou later.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's been a weird figuring out process because we set this up and. Like there's been – like anything that you do, there's this kind of like wave of up and down enjoyment level and like what you're – what or why, the the, the motivation to do something and feedback that you're getting and then other metrics for success that you would typically look at. Mm -hmm. But then there's been these moments like some of the episodes you're talking about where it doesn't really feel like it's about all all, all that noise. But instead – it's in, instead, you're capturing something that may have happened in a similar fashion, regardless of the sort of YouTubeness ness of things. And we live in that space so frequently that to sit down and have a conversation, it feels, uh, um, at least to me, it has some value outside of YouTube. And then it just so happens to live on YouTube. Yeah. And so sometimes that's a breath. Sometimes that's a breath. When you're inside of the YouTube thing, you're inside of the monster all the time. Right. Is that where you are? Right. That's where I am right now. Yes. But
1: I think for you too, or anybody who's doing this sort of format, it's also a nice break. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, usually you get on the camera, you do your unboxing or whatever it is. Someone edits it. They put it up. This is like, you just talk, right? You just talk. You have a good conversation. And stuff that would probably still come out in that specific video made has more depth to it because you're able to have that conversation with the other person, regardless if it was, uh, you know, someone who just owns a company, who's a big corporate person, who, who, who's coming out with a brand new product. At least you get to dive deeper into it, assuming that person hasn't been coached earlier, which we were kind of talking about before how PR companies like to uh, set the stage for Mm. certain things. This kind of gets to break it down a bit.
0: Yeah, so up until this point, it's been, uh, at least on on this format, it's been YouTubers. Right. right? I'm not saying, it doesn't necessarily have to remain that way. It just so happens that that's kind of the interface. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Peter McKinnon, we had Dave Lee, we had the Straight Pipes, and then most recently we had Gerald Undone. Yeah. And there's some kind of... like thread that travels through almost all of those conversations Mm -hmm. that I've noticed and so there is something about the youtuber uh, life or social media life video posting life there's something about that that where there's like there appears to be some sort of shared experience and perspective and and I'm so I'm finding some kinds of tendencies in there around that and I think like it maybe this is not true or I don't know maybe it is that that part of the job is somewhat underrepresented in the actual stuff that we publish like that the the actual um, those motivations those decisions happening behind the scenes tactics things like that uh, which occupy so much of your day and yet when you hit the publish button what the Per, what the viewer interfaces with is so different mm-hmm. from all that texture right. and detail leading up to it. So when you have the conversation, it's like now you can fill in some of the detail and maybe more accurately represent what the lifestyle actually is. Right. Now,
1: from a viewer's perspective, they get that deeper look. But from a personal perspective, do you find that having these conversations with different YouTubers allows you to look at things differently or find something different that could attribute to your kind of format or maybe you're, maybe you're looking for something specific that hasn't hit you yet by having <laughs> these conversations? I, get, I might be getting a little too deep here. No, no not <laughs> at all.
0: Um, I don't know if it's that so much as just interfacing with people who kind of okay. get it, right. like who kind of are maybe struggling with the same thing that you're struggling right. with or uh, that are just kind of on the same page because... Uh, I don't know if you've had this experience or not but when you're kind of when you're just living life this profession is not the easiest thing to explain no and it's not one where you're finding all kinds of relationships or or shared experience when you're just out in the world interfacing with people mm-hmm. uh, as far as job descriptions are concerned that that's going to change as time goes on I mean this is becoming a more common thing to do be involved in right. or at least understand to a certain extent But I can remember going back to the earliest events where you would uh, meet up with other other people in the space and you would immediately have a sense like you would dive into a conversation about some uh, some element of the job, like almost as if you'd been waiting for somebody's ears who could actually feel what you were saying. Right. And so I think that that would be more the extension here, where I don't really know what's going to come out, mm-hmm. right? It ain't. It's not about. It's, it's meant to be free flowing. It's meant to be uh, sort of an exploration. Like there's no real expectation mm-hmm. other than really inviting people who who may add something to that, right? You know. So I guess I should ask you then. Uh, maybe describe your uh, experience on the internet or on YouTube or. Like, how did we get here? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I
1: wish I had like a, a crazy story where like I came from Russia with no money in pocket. And then, you know, my, my wife was on her ninth kid and I started a YouTube channel. But I think it's like more of a, a general story. You know, I was working. Um, I love tech. Started talking about it, writing about it. And then one day I did a video, fell in love with the whole idea of making videos. And then it kind of uh, expanded from there. Um, obviously, people like you were big inspirations because at the time when I started, you were, you were one of the bigger creators on YouTube. Like this is, you watch that, you're never going to watch another video of mine again. It's terrible. But, um, you know, you take that inspiration and, and you try to, you know, find your own path, right? Um, the whole idea for me was just being able to talk about the things that I'm truly into. And it happened to be through video as opposed to written word. And, and yeah, like I feel like I'm more of a slow learner. Like it takes me time to understand and get involved. But um, over the years, I've learned a lot and I kind of see where things go now and how to, you know, kind of connect with what's going on with YouTube. But I think that, uh, you know, as you, as you say, it's always ever-changing, right? Like what we do today is going to be different tomorrow. And the thing with YouTube now is it's super professional. It's not like when it was 10 years ago where like people were just uploading from their smartphones, right? Like day one, you know, if you don't have that piece of, a proper story, or or the production to go with it, it has a less chance to survive. So I think my story has been just trying to stay ahead, right, and and evolve, evolve with what's coming at me in terms of like new content and, and, and technology.
0: Mm. How would you describe your channel to people who don't know about it? Like, what are they gonna what are they gonna get over here? By the way, this is YouTube.com/slash Matthew Moniz. Is that one? Yeah. Do they have to type yeah, the have,
1: one in? I had to put the one in. Couldn't get Matthew Mona. Some other person took it. <laughs> Is that
0: right? <laughs> yeah. And they're using. They're actively using that URL.
1: I mean, I don't know if they're actively using it. I haven't really explored it. I personally don't care. But really, no,
0: no. Yeah. What if it was like five bucks or something? Oh yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. yeah like, but I haven't like took the time to look to see why. W- Will Will has <laughs> been like he's the opposite of that. Yeah. The, the, the your mentality when it comes to having a specific name because he can't get what he wants on twitter and he has he has basically emailed i mean i am pretty sure he emailed the president of the united states as far as i know <laughs> he, he this guy so badly wants to get this sorted out and he can't get that yeah. that twitter handle maybe a twitter handle is different than a a youtube url but uh i don't know i mean yeah obviously it's hard to get my name nobody has my name right it's never it would be never be an issue if my channel was my name which none of them are anyway yeah. but
1: well, the thing about my name is Moniz, which is a Portuguese last name, is like Smith in Portugal, right? So there's a lot of Matthew Moniz. So okay. it's easy to uh, take. Like I don't care. Like one thing I've discovered, and I've been doing an experiment. I have a second channel, which I'm not going to even tell you the name. I've been I created it to see what would happen today if I was to start again, because I wanted to feel like what would, what would be different. And I literally made this channel. It has like a PowerPoint graphic for my title. And I wanted to see how the algorithm would react. And because a lot of people, you know, they get frustrated when they first start YouTube thinking that they can't grow anymore, that the algorithm is not going to serve it. It's too saturated. It's too hard to do. But one thing I found though, with this new channel is that as long as you kind of stick with the current trends and, and you, you stick with the current trends and you give the proper information, whatever you're talking about or story, whatever, whatever type of content you're doing it. And it hits that trend algorithm that the channel will take off. And I've only put out nine videos and they all have views, good views, for a new channel respectively. And it was kind of interesting to see how I would perform today if I was to start again, like a fresh perspective, right? Instead of a fresh topic, a fresh perspective, doing the same stuff I'm sort of doing now.
0: Yeah, I think that there are probably some inputs there that are not the same as they would be had you actually been starting. So you yeah, think because
1: it's tied to my brand name, it no, might no, be no.
0: I didn't even necessarily certainly that's a, a possibility. Okay. But also just decision making. Like right. You have had that experience right. of True. figuring out a set and mm-hmm. figuring out recording and streamlining uh, editing and thumbnails and so the experience still shows up on the fresh channel. Right. And so does some of the resilience that comes from posting on the internet. Like if you didn't have any background having done any of that, then you may publish something, hope to have only positive, you know, mm-hmm. you may not have kind of built up the skin that you do after right. you've been, you know, five years of doing something. Right. But the URL thing, having an actual fresh channel, I do agree with that. I mean, we experienced some version of that here on Lou later when we first launched it. You know, there's on this URL, there's videos with millions of views, and then eventually you run into the same challenges. Right. No, that's what I'm worried about. There's like an early boost, right. Which is, Hey, what the, what's going on here? And then of course, as seems to happen everywhere, it, it, the, it becomes more challenging as you level up. Right. No, it makes sense. You have to pull on uh, more levers and because then you have this really big input, which is your initial subscriber reaction to a particular thing that you post. And, When they're a fresh subscriber, right, they're, like, active. They're, oh, this is interesting and new. But re-engaging them down the road, I've been doing this for 10 years. I have, uh, obviously, the Unbox Therapy channel. There's a lot of people there. Those people can work for you or against you. For sure. If their initial response you probably experienced to a certain degree as well on your main channel, if those people are not – if you can't satisfy the reason they signed up in the first place and then that number grows or you try to diversify too much, things like this, then – um, they can act as a really strong negative indicator for the distribution of that video broadly to the rest of the web, to the rest of YouTube. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's uh I don't know. There is there seems listen, if there was some sort of a hack or oh, if everybody would be doing some it. some sort yeah. of uh um some sort of a game genie, mm-hmm. uh then Mr. Beast wouldn't be spending four million dollars a month That's true. on videos. That's like, true money is the game genie maybe in his case, but it even even there it isn't because he's got to pour the money in, but then he's got to execute. Then he's got to fine tune, edit all, you know, all the number of inputs is just mind boggling.
1: I can imagine. But like a channel like that, where you're constantly trying to one up yourself, like what is the feasible long-term relationship going to be like mentally? And like, how long can you do it for? You know, because like you have to constantly pour more money or make more crazy yeah, you know?
0: and, and I'm sure that that argument gets uh, is probably the one that people bring up because it's unprecedented. Yeah, and so you would just say, "Well, that's there. There must be some limit somewhere."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in traditional media, they did the same thing. They just kept pouring money on it, right? right? Whether it was special effects or, um, I mean, look at what look at superhero movies, right? The budgets are just billion dollars, right? And people go and they pay the they pay the price and. They recoup it. I mean, I'm. I'm just. This is obviously a weird correlation because sure. Mr. Beast is perceived as a YouTuber, but I mean, that's kind of the way that it's gone in media previously. it's, yeah. the, it's an arms race of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's like who can, who can produce the most captivating thing. I mean, yeah. obviously the differences here are um, around attention mm-hmm. and sh- shorter form stuff. I saw, I saw on your channel, you started posting some short form content I did. as well. What what have you discovered?
1: I had one go, I mean, viral for a channel my size. Like I had one hit 2 million. Um, I find that the dumber it is, the better it does. Um, like, you know, it was about laptop stickers, you know, like why do they put them on? You know, what what effect does it have on the price of the laptop? You know, stuff like that. And it did well. Um, and then I found that if I was to do something a little bit more normal, it was, it would still do okay, but then it wouldn't get the same sort of traction. Uh, I think it's still very random, kind of like how the algorithm works on TikTok sometimes. Like you can post TikToks all day and only get 50 views, but then there's that one that just gets 2 million, right? Um, and then eventually, like if it keeps being consistent, then TikTok's algorithm knows, okay, fine, this person is valuable. Let's, you know, let me push their content a bit more. I think that's kind of what's happening with shorts. I still think we're in the really early stages and, um, you know, YouTube is putting money towards creators, not yet, but potentially next year. I think they're going to be starting with a hundred million dollars towards creators who are, put, who are making shorts because they fear that TikTok with its growing presence is obviously a threat to them mm-hmm. as it should be. I mean, like, I mean, a lot of people use TikTok, right? It's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a funny thing you said as far as the dumber it is, the better it does. Like another way of looking at that is the m- the more applicable, or the the wider the funnel, like the exactly. easier it is to understand. I mean, it's it makes sense mm-hmm. that that would be um, that that w- would have the potential to reach more people, particularly in like an attention based thing where it's a split second yeah. that they have to make a decision or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've had I <laughs> I don't use TikTok myself, right? Right. I mean, I've experimented ever so slightly, but it's more actually the habit of viewing it, which just Whatever doesn't interface with me, like I must be eighty-seven years older. Like <laughs> yeah. I know it's a, it's, a, it's a cliche thing to say, but uh, it's just the, the like some sort of feeling that I have after having swiped, you know, a, a thousand times and not really retained a ton of anything. It, it's such a pause button for me, like some, right. such an escape. I'm not. I guess maybe I'm. I, I'm not as interested in escape escapism as i once was like i just want to get away from from right. something or my life has gotten really busy and and i just i'm mostly engaging with it so right. the idea of um like finding the time mm-hmm. to or or i shouldn't say finding the time but like substituting the time deciding that now is the time for me to watch TikTok. It right. just, just really hasn't Well, there, There's something up. you
1: just said right there, uh, just before that, busy. And I think that's the problem. A lot of people are just not busy right now. You know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a time period where um, a lot of people are at home, they're, they're bored, they're looking for something to be part of, uh, they, they, they need to kill their time, and they're just not busy. And TikTok satisfies the mentality of instant gratification, right? Being able to go on it and quickly get what you want. And even if you don't remember what you're looking at, it's just like a game, right? You just keep going and going and going.
0: Today's sponsor, Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, Will, Mm -hmm. and the pumpkins are in the patch. (laughs) Did you know that? No idea. Manscaped is here to make sure you don't carve your pants, pumpkins, when you're grooming. Oh. You have have pumpkins in your pants too, Will. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, look at that. grown. Look at the graphic on the website with That's the very cool. spinning skin-safe technology. Uh, you guys know I use and love the Manscaped products with the ceramic blades and the wireless charging system for shaving your most sensitive regions, for maintaining. It's about maintenance. Your pumpkins. Yeah, you got to take care of those pumpkins. It's waterproof. Look at that. It's got an LED flash. I mean, look at all the tech inside of this thing. The lawnmower. 4.0 you can also get it as part of the performance package 4.0 which includes the uh, lawnmower and a bunch of other essentials inside the pack look at the pack my goodness they save balls manscape will save your balls weed whacker crop preserve i need to get them to send me that weed whacker actually anyway yeah. listen you can get 20 off plus free shipping all you gotta do is go to manscape.com lou that's 20 off plus free shipping Manscaped.com slash Lou. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Click the link in the description. Don't forget slash Lou so you get 20 points off. You won't regret it. Do it.
1: Like I'm I personally know this because I got addicted to games when I was younger. I played a lot of World of Warcraft and that game was super addictive. And TikTok kind of um represents the like media form of that, you know, short bursts of laughing or Interesting interesting you can it depends on the, the the subject obviously but or to the person but these quick little hits to the brain, these quick dopamine hits to the brain of uh, a viewable experience. And I find people who are not as busy tend to fall into that a little bit easier than those who are not.
0: So you say that you were addicted to World of Warcraft. Yes. How so? How how do you
1: know that? Cause I just wanted to play it all the time, you know. Like I would, it was, this was my, this was a long time ago. I must have been 2004, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, people would call me to go out, be like, oh, I can't, i not feeling well today, you know. But meanwhile, I'm like, i be on the game plane, you know what I mean? Like that's when I knew I was addicted. It wasn't to the point where I wouldn't like oh, leave me alone. I haven't eaten in five days, or, or 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 to the point where I need like therapy. Well, maybe I did, who knows? But it was to the point where I was giving up personal relationships rather than um, to, to play the game. You know, then rather than going out and and, and being with friends. Or what, or what, do you,
0: what do you think the appeal was?
1: Getting the latest new piece of loot, you know. Uh, there was still a multiplayer conversational aspect to it that I enjoy. Like when I play video games, I only play multiplayer because I like communicating with other people. So there was that. You know, you have these big guilds and raids. You do it together. Uh, there was a PvP aspect, which is player versus player. So you're like planning and talking and playing together. So there's this whole sort of... Um, group or community based part of it that I think I was attracted to, right? Even though I had like a lot of friends who went to the clubs every night, you know, I don't know if you remember Money Night Club, that's where I was. Like it was was a different time, right? And I still had those days. It's just, there was this like one small period where I was like, wait, this is getting to me. I better stop, you know? Like, I don't wanna be that guy that looks back and says, hey, I played video games every day of my life and didn't do this, this, and this, you Mm -hmm. know? So there was a moment, there was a moment. It wasn't a long one, but it was enough to say that I was addicted, you know?
0: So, uh, like, what would be, what would a typical, let's say, peak Warcraft addiction, what would be a typical amount of time spent in a a given day? It'd be the whole day. Like, I would wake up, you
1: know, go to the gym, eat breakfast, come home, and then play until, like, late at night, right? 12, 1, you know, little breaks here and there, but, like, that would be a typical day. Wow. Um, Now, obviously, this wasn't every day, but it was during times that I would, when you choose... A game over going out with friends, you know, there's something wrong, right? Unless you hate your friends or don't like those well, people, right?
0: Well, what I, the weird one, like the heart, the the thing that I picked up on there is you kind of described f- friends in the game. Well, there's that too, right? So, which one are friends?
1: Right. I'm talking about f- like, okay, fine. I get what you're saying. There are friends online, but those are the relationships that don't last, right? Usually, I mean, some do. Like I, I, talk to still a few of them here and there, but we're not friends. Like it's more acquaintances, right? Mm. Um, but
0: are they still in the game? I have no idea. No idea. Maybe. <laughs> you don't ask. Whatever. No,
1: I don't want to know. I don't. I'm not addicted to the game anymore. Like I could play right now and I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel it. You know. Mm. Um, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. But at the time, it did, right? Um, but yeah, it, it it was it was a dark moment. You know, you have those dark moments. That was a dark moment for me, for
0: sure. Mm. It's the the interesting part there is that it's presented to you as a game. Like it's presented as fun. Right. It's presented in 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 a in a very light-hearted fashion yet I mean it appears to me that the most successful ones have to almost intentionally cause problems for you. Right. Well that but, that, but that's a lot of stuff now. Like right. even
1: even if you look at the crypto space it's the same sort of idea. A lot of these uh tokenomics
0: as they call it. Look who's smirking over there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go keep going. Yeah, I no, he, he, I'm listening. He, yes. okay, I'm listening. You got me Even a lot of the
1: tokenomics on there are are used are are from game theory. You know, yeah, like I can course. name I can name one crypto right now that's that just it takes the whole theory behind it and it's all about game theory. You know, it's that that constant idea of, of seeing a, a massive return or a return or seeing a future return. You know, and and the way they do it is a lot different than you know a typical stock that you invest in. Right? There's the idea and hope that that stock will eventually make you money. But with crypto, everyone has this idea that if you invest in it, you're going to get rich the next day. And all of these, some of these tokens out there, have their own sort of uh, game behind it, or not game behind it, but like the, some of that ideas behind it.
0: Was was World of Warcraft the first game to really like lean into this? Oh, absolutely, Cause, absolutely. Cause was because it was like a whole nother universe, really. Like absolutely, a whole, all encompassing economy and ecosystem yeah. and of course almost all the popular games now have some version of that
1: right well i mean world of warcraft was the first true successful multiplayer MMOR mmorpg that's what they call it multiplayer online role-playing game and it, nothing like there was everquest and some other games before that but they didn't have the the community that world of warcraft created and that's why it was so successful like my story is a minor one compared to some of the other addiction stories. And I'm sure tons of people I've heard before that have hit the internet, you know, people not eating for days, people dying from not eating, like craziness, right? And that's what we're getting today with all the games we're playing, you know, like uh, addiction, little things to keep you going. Um, Even if just something simple like Call of Duty, you know, they want you to, to buy their, to keep playing so you can unlock a new weapon. So you can take advantage of that weapon because it might, defeat someone faster, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just an ongoing uh, problem to keep people's attention. And that's how I feel about TikTok, you know? It's cool, I think it's a great product, but I don't think it's a healthy product, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Are we are get to a point where you have disclaimers or labels yeah. on digi- well, digital products that, mm-hmm. hey, this might be harmful to your right. psychological? I mean, it kind of is starting a lot. My understanding is a lot of the um, algorithm on YouTube and elsewhere is shifting towards survey-based inputs. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that if if you've seen yeah. one, apparently they are they they hold some heavy, heavy weight as to uh, the success of a video, way, way more than than many might assume. Really? That yeah. If uh, there, oh, one. oh there it is. Well, no, that's a simple oh. simpler version of the one that is actually asking how a piece of content made you feel. And there's like stars and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I seen that. And when you think about that, you're like, damn, it's kinda right because if people have a problem and quit the thing completely, that's the worst case scenario. They they leave the casino and never come back. Yeah. You you actually want people to have a healthy er relationship with the thing so that they can remain longer even in smaller doses. Right. And so you've seen some of the screen time stuff with uh, smartphones, um, software, uh, uh, warnings, or, or even letting you view how your time was spent and to, who knows to what, to what degree these things will be in front of you, but it's almost like people, the, the people behind the program in this case understand that there is some sort of limitation or cutoff point at which the psychological load results in uh severance right and therefore that's a worse business to be in i would assume for sure eventually yeah
1: but it's also scary for the company too because like they want your attention to be on their platform than, let's say on youtube or someone else's right so they're going to do everything they can in their power to to put in these uh sort of uh I don't know, little gears to keep you on their platform over someone else's, right?
0: It's a business. It's a business, exactly. It's, it right? Absolutely, it's a business. And it's often, I mean, I feel this way in my own business. It's often this short versus long thing. Like, are, right. you, are your decisions, uh, are they the long-term ones or are they for the immediate gain? Or And often, in order to do one, you have to sacrifice the other. Of course. And so I think YouTube is in a, well fairly healthy position at least the economics of it seem that mm-hmm. way compared to other platforms and this is the problem with the view criteria right that the view is the thing that you're looking for right and of course that's like it's not equivalent no right you can your view counts on something you hated and it counts on something you loved mm-hmm. it counts on something that made you feel better about yourself or inspired you and it counts on something that made you feel terrible right it counts so it's as a metric it's kind of misleading for sure
1: and i think that's why you know youtube will focus on the watch time instead you know like how much did you watch that video sure but
0: could you not perceivably watch something for a long time that you also weren't happy with
1: absolutely that's the point right they don't care right they just want you to watch
0: it that's my point about the survey is that they do care okay because that's a short versus long exchange right that if they say okay cool we want max watch time but the guy's life is completely getting wrecked because he's too addicted and let's take the uh, world of warcraft example then he's gonna one day come on a show like this and talk about having quit completely right being like yo and i have friends like that they just put social media down they're just like i took all the apps off my phone Mm -hmm. right because they couldn't manage it in a healthy fashion so I'm sure these figures and statistics exist and they they know exactly what that is and they so they start to lean into surveys but they also might feel they also might be better able to um, meet meet a healthier criteria for you as a viewer by getting mm-hmm. real, real feedback which funny about it though is it's a really old-fashioned concept let's just survey them right. excuse me sir we did all (laughs) the amazing technological algorithmic work and we're like yeah yeah, that went one way let's just get surveys out here's an idea and and honestly i had planned this one tiktok torture video it'll never happen so it doesn't matter that i'm not spoiling anything okay and so i hadn't spent a lot of time with tiktok but then i was planning this video out so i had it loaded on all these phones that was part of the concept and Immediately, I realized that when you, I had I had an app to auto scroll through okay. TikTok, so okay. you don't have to swipe. But I noticed what happens is if you're auto scrolling and stopping on nothing, especially faster than mm-hmm. each TikTok itself, then it starts to survey you. Okay, then interesting. Because it wants to get to the bottom. Yeah. And of course, my inspiration was Clockwork Orange. Right. Uh, for the idea of TikTok torture, this 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 guy's being fed this constant stream. In mm-hmm. his in his case, in the film, it's like violence and yeah. things like that. But my my point was, well, I don't. I mean, it was open to interpretation what the point of it was. But it was uh, my intuition was that control was a big component. The fact that you control with your thumb that you feel uh you can quickly swipe away from something or stick on something a little bit longer that that's the necessary component to make you feel comfortable when the thing is just flying and right. you your hands are tied it's actually a kind of a anxiety inducing experience that this For is sure to, especially <laughs> yeah. once it starts to flow faster than each individual uh t- TikTok yeah but anyway the survey hits and I'm like, uh, they want to see why. Right. At an interval of every single second, I'm dissatisfied with everything.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: This could be this could be application panic mode. Mm-hmm. He's about to leave. Yeah. Let's find out how he feels. Let's get at least extract some information mm-hmm. about the user experience because we can learn from it. Well, there's two problems I have with surveys.
1: First and foremost. If you're busy, who has the time to even look at a survey? Like I get surveys all the time. You probably do too from random stuff, regardless of whether it's YouTube or not. I feel like the type of people who fill out surveys, um, I don't know, are just probably in a different space than people who are busy, right? Like they're maybe bored at work. They have something to do. They're going to fill it out. But I feel like most people like me, I'm not going to fill out a survey. Why should I give you my time? To benefit you. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? Like why should I waste my day or 10, 15 minutes of my time filling out a survey? The other problem with surveys, if they're looking for a more positive interaction is they're creating a, assuming they're going to use this data for a positive outcome, they're creating a space where it kind of silences others who want to have a discussion, but people who watch that video don't agree with that discussion because they might watch that walking away and feel like, well, you know what? Um, I didn't like what this guy had to say. I'm going to put it low. Even though whatever he was saying might be true or or hold a good theory behind whatever was being talked about, they might walk away, say it's no good. You two might take that information and then suppress those videos, which is not good for us or people who have to have a discussion over any topic, especially the more important ones besides you know, technology or whatever it is, the more cultural conversations.
0: Yeah, but I, I think the algorithm would achieve the same outcome. Right, right. You if, think so? Mm-hmm. Well, right, because maybe to uh maybe in a different way but the stuff that ends up surfacing I mean if you hit the trending page or you see what's being suggested to you uh is often going to be meet the criteria for most widely applicable similar right. to the way that you discussed shorts originally right uh w- w- widely appealing stuff music videos so forth S- uh, controversial topics maybe to a certain extent but mm-hmm. they're the I don't know how exactly this survey information is being used. Right. That's the whole Uh, problem. We don't. We don't. We never will. But my best guess would be that it would be attempting to take survey information from an individual from a certain demographic with a similar viewing history to another individual and therefore influence the other individuals. Like me and Will have our own theories around how it is that he can watch a video and and put some watch time into a video and then it's on my suggestions.
1: Right. That's, that's interesting. Immediately after, yeah.
0: like this happened before mm. you arrived Yeah. because our habits are so similar and you could be logged into either account. And do you
1: think it has something to do with based on an IP? Since you guys are all routed through the same could, IP? Sure. Could, yeah.
0: could, could be some element there. Uh, but then other guys get different suggestions Okay. might, yeah. Yeah, but, but, the, I guess the point that I'm trying to get at is even if you're not the type to fill out a survey, there is somebody who is close enough to you I who will. takes the moment, yeah, has a, and lines up enough with a viewership history to then determine, and of course when you scale it, to then determine based on his information who you actually are. Right. Right. That's the thing about big data. You get enough data, you don't have to guess. That's true. So yeah, I don't know. I think we're gonna see. I think we're going to see a lot more of it and I think it's going to continue to play a pretty big role on YouTube, at least in the short term, because uh, the watch time hack that was maybe, well, even before watch time hack, I remember when my channel grew massively around the time that uh, Casey was also growing, Right. there was a daily active user hack. It was just like you're uploading so much that there was a huge preference associated with that. I don't think there's any way around sentiment right now. Mm-hmm. People, tangible value, and then they say, okay, I like that. And I've been experiencing all kinds of things on the main channel that seem to be pointing that direction for me. And then I'm talking to people actually at YouTube who seem to be indicating the same thing to me. Okay. And I'm not uh, going on the record with any of that, Right. but we are in some other type of phase right now mm-hmm. where um, – the whole process seems to be a little bit more sophisticated and actually, surprisingly, slightly less algorithmic. I guess it's still algorithmic, but requiring... Less uploads. What do you mean by that? Well, I felt like what you were saying
1: before, you had to upload, you were uploading every day or more consistently, and you said the algorithm was favoring you, right, at the time. Like there was like a hack, you said, right? Like yeah, went, I don't
0: know if that's a, f- right. a fair thing to call it. I think there was probably just a content drought. Right, but I've heard that before. Like, I don't think it was.
1: I don't think it was only you were saying that. Like, there was people actually saying if you were to upload more, the algorithm favors it. And there was a whole big controversy about how it was bad for your mental health, and YouTube doesn't uh, do that. And then all of a sudden, things seem to change a bit because I know people who go away now and come back, and as long as the video they're putting out is relevant to the audience they currently have, or ties into a specific trend that's happening at the moment, their video will still get pushed. Um, you know, the only time that I find that it's a downfall is you can be uploading every day, but if you start putting out videos that your audience are not interested in, then you need to like, kind of kick that, and start pushing more content that they are interested in to get back where you were before. That I find.
0: Yeah, I, I it's hard for me to to think about it in absolute terms, right? Because there's obviously so many different approaches. There's to so many different approaches on, it's hard. On, on, yeah. on YouTube and and uh, subject matter that's being covered. Like we're, we did clips, for example, on this, yeah. on, on this show. And you would often have a clip outperform the whole episode. Right. And yet the Clips channel was getting a dozen uploads from one show. Yeah. So there were 12 choices, but like one of the 12 outperformed the main video on the main channel, which had a larger number of uh, um, watch viewers, of viewers and, okay. and, and way more watch time. Of course, yeah. So you're seeing this thing, oh, damn, like there's, there's, I think probably watch percentage is playing a bigger role maybe than it was as uh, compared to overall watch time in the past. Right. Like the Gerald Undone episode that we did, Mm -hmm. the watch time is like some astronomical amount. It only has 50,000 views, but I was looking at the watch time, it has like 40 minutes or something. Right. Imagine that the average, for every person who clicked off of it after one minute. Yeah. Imagine the number that had to make it two hours. That's true. Yeah. So it's. Uh, but do you? Th- I mean, I it's think that almost also like going yeah, backwards.
1: It is. It is in a lot of ways because I f- you feel like if people are taking the time to watch this much of your video, and you want people to stay on your platform, shouldn't you push it to more people who might have similar interests that will possibly watch this video just as long so they can get they can get served more ads? You know what I mean? You think that would be like the the winning route? but it seems like it's now a combination of a lot of things.
0: A lot of things. A lot of things.
1: And there's no, I can't pin, like I used to be able to pinpoint something, you know? Um, you know, like obviously a lot of people feel putting your face in the thumbnail makes a big difference, which is probably true, right? Um, because, you know, psychologically, you're more likely to click on a face than you are an object. But I think it I think it depends on the person's audience. Like if your audience is consistently, you know, watching 60% of your video and they see that person's name pop up, they're still going to click on it, regardless of whether your face is on it or not. You know, maybe it helps out at the beginning. Like, it's it's so... I think it just depends on the period you're in, when you're first starting YouTube, or how far you are into YouTube.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've... i uh, I've noticed the depreciation of the CTR metric mm-hmm. in, the, in the last little while. Right. You can have a very high CTR and lack impressions because of dissatisfaction whatever those inputs happen to be right the ones that we see the ones that we don't could be retention people left the video quickly could be some other input my my gut is that it's bad surveys or at least some portion of it is bad surveys i mean think about it if it were like a restaurant right and how important of a role reviews play in the selection of which restaurant you're going to go to. Like how many people just pop open, whether it's Google or Yelp or whatever, and they look at the previous experiences that people had at a restaurant before deciding if they're going to go themselves. Right. I mean, it would make sense. It's critical. Yeah, of course. So the people are reviewing every video they watch, or at least enough people are reviewing every video they watch. Reviewers are being reviewed. Exactly. Yeah
1: makes sense. I mean, like YouTube wants to make sure that these, you know, the ads are being pushed on the channels that people appreciate and or gravitate towards the most. And they want them to be the quality channels. They're no longer this just video platform where people just upload anything they want. And one does well and one does the other. They have advertisers, right? They want these advertisers to be satisfied on the channels that are going to produce this best sort of watch time and average duration. I think there's, like you said, there's just so many different variables now.
0: Kind of freaky. I, it is freaky. Kind of freaky, like the level of precision, yep. and and the idea that because we already do the dance, right? We do the dance. Just gotta do you know, it faster. We wind it, wind it up, and we already do the dance. But you imagine when the when the granular data rolls, and all of a sudden this sp- the the s- specificity is that a word. Yep, it's a word. Of the dance you're doing that you are constantly micro tuning the way in which you interact in order to meet the criteria of the customer. Yep. Uh, It's like, let's go back to the restaurant analogy. So like maybe you had an impression of what a good slice of pizza was and you believed it to be true and it was just your own preference. But then customers started to come and say, I've had a better slice of pizza. It no longer matters what you perceive as being the right slice of pizza. I mean, in the restaurant case, you could deal with having fewer customers, I suppose. Right. But ultimately, if you want to play in this game, you better figure out and make whatever pizza they ask you for. Mm-hmm. There's something terrifying about that.
1: It is, because then you start changing the way, not the way you you, you review something, but you start changing the way you think about it reviewing something, not reviewing something. Sorry. Let me say, say that's correctly. You start changing the way you produce that video, right? Like maybe I need to incorporate this. So I sat- satisfy that micro uh, variable that YouTube is looking for. Maybe I need to make sure that the thumbnail has this. So I satisfy that variable. All of a sudden you are not so different from everybody else in a lot of ways, except for your personality.
0: Like one well, in the question, the, the ultimate question is what is good pizza? Exactly. Yeah. What is good pizza? I don't know. Yeah. I don't you know? know. They said it was, They said it didn't have tomato sauce. Right. So <laughs> my whole life, I thought tomato sauce was good, but now I'm getting all these inputs telling me tomato sauce is not good. Right. And now I'm questioning whether tomato sauce should have ever been there to begin with.
1: Maybe it's pineapple on pizza.
0: Well, that's definitely a controversial <laughs> topic. To, yeah. You want to get people fired right up. I actually don't care. Put whatever you want on yeah, pizza. Yeah, no, for
1: sure. I'm joking. But like, it's true. It's you know, like I try not to think about it too much because like I just don't want to waste too much time on it. I just want to focus on doing what I do, but you have to. You know, part of you has to take the time and and think about the future of what you're doing. Well, if
0: you short versus long, if you want to keep doing it. Exactly,
1: exactly, if you want to keep doing it, right? And I think it's those who have learned and know how to adapt are obviously the ones who are going to succeed. You know, and there's some who've been doing the same thing since day one and have done well. And I think there were those people who were able to grab that sort of audience first, you know. And they're just so far ahead that it's kind of harder to play that catch-up game. But I think for like people my size and just starting out, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of dancing. You got to get your dancing juice, mm. you know. But even you, like you, you said like you're you're. I think you notice like a bad video for you might be let's say a million, right? A good video for you might be three million. To a million for a lot of people is amazing, but. It's not. It's maybe mentally for you, it doesn't show progression. Maybe you're like, okay, what did I do wrong here? You know, I only got a million views. Did I do this wrong? Did I do that? Did I not dance like this?
0: You know? It's anyone who publishes anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, to to Mr. Beast, like anything under thirty million yeah, is, a, <laughs> is a fail. Right. It's because it, we're just playing World of Warcraft.
1: There you go. It all comes. It all comes back to World of Warcraft.
0: We're playing World of Warcraft on the <laughs> internet.
1: It's true. This has been gamified too, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like I, actually, funny enough, I think it's probably one of the major reasons people get attracted to it. For sure. The game of Absolutely. the publish button. You know? That's our swipe. That's our TikTok.
1: Exactly. Imagine, we're think addicts. about early Lou, when he first started making videos, when you first saw one of your videos take off, how did that make you feel mentally? You know, it probably made you feel like you were excited. You know, like you're probably happy. You probably felt on top of the world. Today, it may not feel the same because you've grown to know how this works. But- that first little hit, you know, that must have felt
0: amazing. What, 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 uh, what motivates you? I think what motivates me
1: is knowing that I have a community that likes to kind of talk, and and I, I, I think for me personally. I'm very community-focused. You know, a lot of people, they just throw their videos on and they walk away, right? I have a Discord server. You know, I, we, we've, I've gotten together with some of them. I've I've uh, We play games together. I think for me, it's that community aspect that we were originally talking about in World of Warcraft. You know, having that community that shares some of the same sort of interests that I do. So that's what keeps me going. And as long as I have that community and I see progression, regardless of how fast or slow it is, as long as I can make it work... That's what keeps me going. As soon as I find that the community no longer wants to participate and be part of this uh, journey, then that will probably turn me off. Which is kind of gamified too, in some ways, if you think about it.
0: Is there any project that you is, is, is kind of like on your list of things that you want to do that you haven't done yet?
1: I do have some ideas, um, which I'll probably be introducing early next year. That I plan to do. Um, I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time because I feel like in the space, it's not being, it's not being done, right. I mean, you know, some people do it, but it's not at the level that I want to do it at. So there's there's that I want to do. Um, I also find that I'm in I'm in like a, a position where if I go out of my niche, like I've done a lot of experimental videos, like I've done comedy ones, I've done random videos doing, you know different things. And if I don't stick to a certain subject, it just doesn't perform, right? Like some of my favorite videos of yours was actually, you know, a lot of people don't understand this, but you know, you are obviously your channel in, in some ways. Not all of not, not all of Lou is there, obviously. I mean, like your channel is maybe 10% you. That's what people see, right? The rest of Lou is with your family and your friends and outside of it. But there are these certain videos of yours there. I see Jack, you know, like there was one video where you were unboxing something and the plastic was coming off. Right. And then two seconds later, he would just loop it again. I'm like, that's funny. You know, like those little things like that, that would just make, even though it's not you, it's your editor still makes it you because it's part of your whole persona, you know, to give the information, to make it a fun channel to watch, to laugh and to learn about the product that you're unboxing. Right. So I, you see these little things come through. So that's the stuff people learn about other creators that like, there's obviously not just the one person, but there's other people in there who are participating to, to, to this performance, you know?
0: Do you, so do you perceive what you do on YouTube as a performance?
1: I think, I think I, I try to be me as much as possible, but sometimes you have to perform, you know, like I, you know, I do do some videos that are not your typical unboxing where I am performing. It's still my personality because it's my humor, but I'm obviously being humorous, right? Like uh, uh, it's not a conversation like this, you know, like I'm, creating something that is humorous based on the stuff that I find funny. So some ways it's me, some ways it's also a part performance because you are putting on a performance regardless of how authentic someone might say, you know, like you're louder in your videos. You're more, you're more, uh, you know, you have, you know, you're, you're, you're more involved. This is more personal, right? So you are putting on a performance to be louder, to be uh, funnier, you know, it's a different part of you. So I don't know. You can look at it in different ways. Is it a performance or is it just a different part of you?
0: Yeah. Well, well yeah. Or are you performing all the time? Exactly. Even when the cameras are yeah. off. Um, you brought something up about e- editors. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you working with editors? Do you work on your own? Do you edit your own videos? Or is, is there anybody else in your studio? On, so there on a was basis?
1: a... Um, you might have met him. I think you actually did. He did the whole dbrand um the whole, you remember when the grip case came out, he did the whole Ferrari, there was a Ferrari uh, ad? Lamborghini. Lamborghini, sorry. Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever. Lamborghini. Brand, Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, the, <laughs> the <laughs> Lamborghini, of course. How can I, how can I mess that one up? Anyways, the Ash, I don't know if you, you might've met him once.
0: Yes, yes. I wanted to ask you about him. Yes. You guys are still in
1: touch? He lives down the street from me.
0: What? Because he, he messaged me like... When he moved here, yeah. I think. And well, he, he,
1: he, I was one, part of the reason he came over here, right? And, um, it's a lot of responsibility. Well, you know, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a lot of responsibility. But he moved here d- to to pursue his DP career because I don't know if you've seen any of his videos. His videos are unbelievable.
0: You're talking about his, on his YouTube channel? On his YouTube yeah, channel, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, unbelievable. Um, so he came over here. He helped me. Like, I don't, my own production, he did that. Because if I was to do it myself, you saw the first video I put out, it looks like I was in the in the basement collecting hamsters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah. the one who put my production together. So um, he's, you know, he's had an influence in some of my previous videos when he was helping me out. But obviously now he's too busy. He's pursuing his career as being a DP. But um, there was a lot of help there. Right. Just he was good at bringing me out in, in, the, in the video. Whereas now I'm trying to, uh, it's just me editing, it's me doing it. I have part-time workers here and there to help edit and and stuff like that. But that was, you know, every time I do a special video, it's obviously with his help because he's good with production, right?
0: I should have him on here. You should. I wonder what the hell he's been doing because he, I'll say this. I recall when his channel first came out or maybe it didn't first come out, but like when the community in general sort of took note um, and and there, were, I feel it was some sort of a transition point around the cinematography and tech videos. Mm-hmm. That oh, you can prepare a shot exclusively. F- right. f- y- you don't have to be. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody adopted it, but it right. was. I, I don't know how it, it seemed unique at the time.
1: It did, and there was a lot of people who like gravitated or tried to gravitate towards his style. I mean, it's not easy to do. Like these videos, even these simple videos, you think they're simple. They take for him weeks of planning.
0: Yeah, takes right? time.
1: And you know, one of the reasons he stopped doing it is it's just not feasible. You can't come up with a new idea for every single tech product. Yeah. It's just too much work. More. Plus it was taking the time out of his day to pursue his career as trying to become a DP or you know his own projects as passion projects and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, th- this is it's one of those examples where you see like I'll I'll be cruising through YouTube and I'll happen upon a video that with like I can tell a tremendous amount of production went into it. Right. But then I look at the view count and I realize, oh, this isn't, this can't continue. Exactly. It can't continue. It can't. It's not possible. I'm just doing can't. the math. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining no. the economics and then uh, there's a recognition that yeah. you're watching a really cool thing, but it's inherently limited by the potential audience for it. Exactly. And it's, I don't know. I don't get too depressed about it, but sometimes some of the favorite, my favorite stuff I bump into right. is not from these mass production assembly line channels of course find a format and for like my own right and and where uh this i don't know it's just the novelty wears off with it right it's just uh, here we go again here we go again here we go again (laughs) right the the consistency of meeting the criteria and um having to meet expectations right of course first and then sprinkling sprinkling experimentation yeah as opposed to starting from that viewpoint but i guess that's just life maturity and 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 all that stuff like of course. it's just the way it goes but anyway he tell him yeah get in touch okay. because i'll tell i want to give him a- see what happened since because it's okay. been two y- he didn't upload in oh two he hasn't years. uploaded two
1: years he's doing his own stuff like if you go to his vimeo stuff you can see some of his uh reels and stuff like that. If you go to vimeo.com, he Ash Taylor. Years, he's Taylor. He's been doing years, his own probably. like passion projects. He'll
0: have an interesting take on a YouTube scene oh. having exited, having exited. Oh, for,
1: oh, don't, it'll be a very interesting take. He, he you know, a lot of these, film, but in all fairness, a lot of these filmmakers do kind of look down on YouTube, you know, which I think is unfair, right? Hmm. They do. I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying a lot of them do, right? And um, because they feel that YouTube is not as 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 much of I don't know if it's, I don't know what the right word is for this, but maybe not as much of an art as true film production. You know, like to get a proper shot like this. Like, there's one there's one scene where that you see like the gas doing its thing. That's like in his kitchen. He's making that in his pot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like who comes up with this? Like, how do you get that idea to do to do something like that?
0: Right. I actually think that this is. It somewhat changing recently where yeah. you are bumping into stuff on youtube that really has that attention to detail Oh, or for sure, is doing things where you're questioning oh how did how they get that shot or how did they put that together i think the part of it that becomes uh frustrating is that being able to achieve that at the consistency level necessary to create a business on social media yeah right it's that's the part of it that where the math doesn't work yeah uh, well that's why you got to go pay money to see a movie of course because they got to figure out uh some other form of monetization yeah. to support uh that amount of time right right if you were to go imagine you were to take one year off of youtube you just i'm going to take one year to make one video okay and it's going to be an hour long like a movie let's say you're gonna post it. It's gonna get roughly the same number of views, <laughs> right? For no, sure. There's no
1: extra. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean, yeah. you
0: had to charge. You had to charge people ten dollars to come right. see it to compensate for your for, time for the the. Well, also for the opportunity cost right. and not having posted for the previous year. So it's like the the medium does isn't super supportive. I've brought this up on this show before, but um, I don't know if you saw the Bo Burnham thing on Netflix no okay so he was previously a youtuber and then uh put together this special for netflix okay which is kind of that like i'm gonna take a year off and see what i come up with well right. within within the economics of netflix sure do it we'll Of course, pay, we'll pay you this yeah. much money of course go do it if if netflix approached you and so we want you to take a year and spend it on one, one hour piece of content and we'll pay you more than you would have made over the year doing exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing right now. What would that project be?
1: Well, that's the question. I don't know. Right. Like I'd have to have that project in mind. Right. It need to be something that I personally want to pursue and be passionate about. Like it needs to be.
0: No, no, no. You have to decide right now. I have to decide right now. Yeah. Oh man. I'm Netflix. On Netflix? Actually, I'm... No, Will's Netflix.
1: Will's Netflix? That's Will even is, worse.
0: Look at him. That's like the Iron Fist. He makes all the decisions over there.
1: Oh, man. What's your
0: project, man? I don't know. I have they're to think gonna, about it. They're, they're going to pay you 10x. Well... You got to do it. What, what are you going to explore?
1: I would, I would explore... The YouTube algorithm for $10 million. No, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. Hmm, I have no idea. I mean, so that would be an interesting one. about social media, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm in. That's what I know, right? I mean, at least know most about right now. Would you, um, would
0: you go more documentary style or more... That would be documentary, 100%. You would go more documentary Absolutely. style, yeah. yeah. His is, is hard to put your finger on. Yeah. It's uh, sort of documentary, but it's also sort of fictional or enhanced. Right. It's a... Uh, I'm gonna watch this It's kind of a commentary on this life Especially yours Especially yours Right Because you're doing the YouTuber thing mostly alone Which is how most people do it Right, of course Yeah And that's a really strange psychological experience And I know from my own experience Of course In the early days You're staring at your own face Oh, dude and you're, and you're listening to your own voice. I hate
1: my voice now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you start to hate all types of things. Exactly. Yeah, I How know, that? for sure.
0: How did I think that was a good idea? Yeah. Like, Or or whatever. Especially the moment when he played the old video of yours. Oh, like, dude, I cringed. The feeling that you oh, have. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's worse than anything he could show you of somebody else's. It's true. You hate yourself more right. than you could possibly hate anyone else. Yeah. Because of the amount of exposure, number of times that you've done it. So... It's, uh, I'm always impressed by those that are um, capable of maintaining that because for me, I would say it was a huge um, enhancement to the day-to-day experience to have other people around. Right. Just, just, just to have little conversations. For sure. Little interactions, uh, a different take every so often or... Um, even to hear yourself think out an idea in the form of conversation.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That's I mean, usually I have like I said, I you know, I do most of it myself, but I agree, like having that person there in the office to bounce ideas off. Um, you know, maybe you think something's hilarious, but you know, maybe it's not the right move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to have that conversation, I think is, is so important. Plus it's just like a a mental healthness thing too, you know, <laughs> like to be by yourself all day, you know, and not be
0: able to have a conversation with somebody Yeah, you try to think about historical occupations that would have you alone so much right yeah hey, it wouldn't i don't know i'm trying to i feel like a lot of people even outside of social media or the youtube space with everybody working from home now a lot of people work alone now of course maybe more than ever before i don't know
1: And do you, and, I, and that's probably some of the reason why there's more stuff going on a lot more controversy, let's say, in the world because of that, I think. You know, just people are, are more alone than they used to be, you know?
0: What type of stuff do you like to watch on YouTube? If you do have a, oh. moment, if you do have a moment of time.
1: Funny enough, I actually like. I do tune into Joe London every once in a while. Um, he's he's a really good creator. He's um, the
0: YouTuber's YouTuber. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, he's
1: he's good. It's crazy that he's also Canadian. Um, who else do I like to watch? I don't watch a lot of tech channels anymore, unless it's something very specific that you know I want to know about and I don't have access to. You know, so I'll jump into like a Linus video or something. But actually, YouTube, I don't, I don't really watch too many other creators. You know, I'm mostly on like. If I'm watching something, it'll be on, you know, Netflix or Apple TV or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. Disney, whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, I used to watch Casey Neistat. I watched, like, the videos that's from you that stick out to me are your special ones, you know? Like, there was one where you were, like, around the circle table and it was, like, different aspects of you talking to yourself. I don't even remember it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, yeah. that
1: was a good one, you know? Like, yeah. those are the ones I, I like to watch of yours the most just because I'm in the same space. So, like, I know what it feels like to unbox that product already. You know what I mean? So... Um, it's harder for me to get excited to watch it, right? Um, but those ones where you'd take the time to like do something different, I think those ones are are your best, obviously. as They're probably the most fun to you or the one you did recently with The Fold and Willie. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that
1: was great. That was great. There's a lot of hidden stuff under it that I think you know people need to realize.
0: Yeah. I wasn't uh, searching for compliments, by the way. Though. No, no, I, I
1: mean, I, absolutely not. But I mean, I'm not trying to big you up or anything, no, 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 but no, I, I mean.
0: Meant, I meant more in general. I think uh, actually it's a common thing that you're describing because you spend so much time on YouTube, you actually watch less of it. That's that's a really weird. Yeah.
1: And I, if you talk to most creators, I feel like they do the same thing. You know, I no. mean, what do you watch when you're on YouTube?
0: Well, well, the odd thing about that, though, is that that would be where you were doing all of your research, Right, Right? because it's where you're publishing. It's kind of strange that you're not, it's almost like watching it has to be, you have to prioritize watching it every so often. That's the way I watch YouTube. Right. It would be here in the studio, and I'd be like, I'd be like, man, I haven't watched YouTube in so long. Yeah, of
1: course. There's moments like that. I should watch
0: YouTube for half an hour and see what's going on. But I would do so more generally, trying to examine, usually just examine the medium. I would just check the trending page. Of course. I'd go to my home feed, see what's being suggested to me. I would do what Will's doing right now. I'd be like, "Hmm, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. What do you want from me?" Like, there, <laughs> like that, like that video right there yeah. with the no in the. Th- I watched that. Okay, you see, so that yeah. that worked. I was like, okay. "Okay, here we have a statement in the and and what the reason I'm interested in it is not the subject matter, but instead the finesse. Yeah. Yeah. I want to examine the finesse." Yeah. Can you fix climate change? Is the title of the video,
1: but that and, no to me is, is like makes me want to watch it. Just the two letters no. Yep. I don't know why. That's
0: it stands out. No, it Stands but, out. But look at the yeah. star. Look yeah, at the star. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it's no with a star, right. which yeah. is actually what the video is about. It's no, you can't, but find out yeah. why. Why that's the case. Mm-hmm. That's what the star stands for. But also the contrast or the the opposite aspect where you've uh, you've had to engage another area of your mind w- once you've uh, seen the question and answer take place we've already spent more time yeah it's it's already standing out as opposed to the singular focus sort yeah of shouting at you this you've now engaged the thinking part of your head um
1: did you watch it and did you get a survey and were you satisfied
0: <laughs> i did not get a survey i uh, part of me thinks yeah. that when you have youtube premium you get fewer surveys maybe they don't want to burden yeah. you with it i don't I don't recall. Uh, And often if I see the survey, the quick survey, so you said, who has time to fill a survey? I think what they're going to do at some point is make it so easy that you're not even going to really care about doing it. It would be programmed in so well. Or... Imagine this, it, they'll just do, do the survey or watch an ad and everyone will do the survey. Of course. Just like they do on mobile That's apps. right,
1: yeah. But I mean, in all fairness, when I say surveys, I mean the longer ones. I mean, when they pop these what's up on the screen, they're literally just star yes or no, right? It, they yeah. make it so They make easy it so simple. That most yeah. people
0: will, will participate. Yeah. And they, of course, pitch it in such a fashion that right. um, YouTube's going to work better for you if you do yeah. it. That you're going to yeah. see more suggestions that are actually relevant to you. Yeah. Here we go. Here, let's see. It's interesting, though, the—this is not the right one. It's interesting the things that they went with as far as—these are when you're doing ads. Right. As far as the way that it made you feel. Right. So you would have the option between satisfying or satisfied, and you would have the the option for entertained. You would have the option for funny— You would have the option for scared. It would be really emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there would be a star rating to go with that. It's very tied into the the human emotional side of things. I think there is one for informative. Anyway, I'm sure they have a thousand versions of this thing. So there is some uh, benefit to being informative or to uh, instructive. People feeling that they've gotten a piece of useful information. It's another angle you can take, but it's another way to look at your content, too. And I often look at my content and go, it's not doing any of these things. Right. There is not one of these things I would click, and therefore it sucks. Okay. Right. I'll I'll give uh, around around these parameters, a lot of it. And that's one of the problems with – it's one of the benefits and one of the problems with creating content focused around like an item or an object. The sentiment is pre-existing the usefulness depends on the individual's intent. Of course. Are they interested in the thing to begin with? If not, it's not useful to them. Right. So go ahead and cover a product that fewer people care about and watch and get yourself destroyed by the survey, at yeah. percentage-based wise. Good luck with the niche item.
1: Of course, it's not gonna do well, yeah.
0: Man, I had a time on my channel where I could just pick an item off the shelf. Yeah. And it was, people were curious, I suppose, to be introduced to a new item, now the the fatigue level.
1: Well, that's the thing, I think that was, I don't think that's an algorithm thing, I think that's just people are, I think people are just generally less interested in the tech we're reviewing today than we were when smartphones were truly first exciting when
0: they came out. There's that, and then there's also supply and demand. Right. There's a lot of people making these videos. So many. When the embargo yeah. drops. <laughs> <coughs> <sighs> it's crazy. Like I, I feel yeah. like such a robot. That's true. It's it's yeah. it's hard to get excited hitting publish. It is. Imagine it is. being the viewer.
1: I know, I know. That's why, like, for me personally, um, I've 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 made a new rule that I'm gonna try to <laughs> avoid, avoid doing embargoes just because um because of my size, I find that I just get crushed. It just makes no sense. But if I release it a day later.
0: It'll do great. Yeah. It might be a better move in that case. I don't know. It depends on the individual channel and expectations. Some some agree to it, right? Right. Right. Some agree to a particular time to publish or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the whole thing eats itself. Maybe nobody pays attention to anything because of all these mechanical components, uh,
1: but are these mechanical components? Are these components being set up by the whole industry that's yeah, yeah, yeah. not YouTube? Uh, that's why I meant. Mechani- oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, the, okay. The
0: mechanical nature in which right. these releases take place now. Yeah. I mean... And they're it, getting worse. Sometimes you yeah. just stop for a second and you go, iPhone 13. I know. 13.
1: <laughs> 13 of these things. I have one in my pocket. Like, it's crazy. And then yeah.
0: your mind imagines you do, it, you do this for the same amount of time and you're on... 23 if i do another, <laughs> put another 10 years in the game right here we are he's got an iphone 23 for you it, uh, whatever the latest social media is at the time whatever the tiktok right. is there we have your latest tiktok viewer are yeah. ready to go in, in 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 the box and
1: i don't want a world with tiktok being the number one platform
0: <laughs> sure but but i mean even the the devices themselves yeah. the devices themselves man i know i know what are we really doing what I know. are we really a part of i know I know. Here's here's another one, and they release it every year, and you probably don't need it, right? But you probably want it, exactly. Because why not? Because everyone else has it. You're and, interested in
1: it still, so we're gonna make a video about
0: it. I just feel well, like and my business is forever attached to it. Of course. So uh, it's pretty obvious what we're doing here. Yeah, we're doing the thing. But then you get out in public, and somebody asks you if they need a new phone, and you're like, "Nah, you're fine."
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. You're good. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Your phone from two years ago, you're not going to see much of a difference unless you're an early adopter and enthusiast. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's like the whole high refresh display controversy on YouTube. You know, people are like, oh, the average consumer doesn't care. Um,
0: It's a a weird one. because It's it's almost like when we do the videos, because we're speaking to enthusiasts, you have to... uh, Consider the audience. You have to. And then when you're in public, you do the same thing. You consider the audience. Yeah. And it's a hard bridge there to figure out the difference between the enthusiast viewer
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the public and and then to walk that line of information. It's one of the reasons, actually, that I don't really do reviews. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really tell you if something's good or bad. Right. Because I started getting into this uh, situation where... I felt disconnected having this as a profession. Right. That the old version of me, the regular me, would have given been more capable of giving you a recommendation than the established version. Right. Because now phones are just showing up. Yeah. And you're so your awareness level is so high and you get used to using a phone for five minutes, and then using some other one. And there, there's a time where I really get to this place, and this is self-critical, where I feel you might you would probably get a better recommendation from somebody who's not in the space at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, they'll ha- well, they'll maybe not a better recommendation, but I definitely think they'll offer a f- different perspective, a fresh perspective, right, than the typical tech YouTube because they're coming with it. They're coming into it with fresh eyes, right? Whereas we're kind of like, "Hey, we know, we know, to look for this and that and this and that." This year it's a little bit better, but like they might see something that we don't because they're coming from like a, it's like a, it's like a child, right? Like they just experience the world for the first time, right? So there's they they sometimes say things that you just don't expect. Right? It's the same sort of idea with the fresh perspective from someone who's not in the tech space. I think I'm going
0: to go back to my food analogy. Okay. You have a food critic yep. who goes to fancy restaurants, Michelin star, whatever, and then writes a report on it, a review, and you read it as an average person who probably typically doesn't dine at a place right. with $200 steak. It has limited usefulness to you. It's nice to know it's at the peak. It's at the far end of the spectrum. It's like when I have a luxury car in here or something. Right. But the usefulness has actually shrunk because of the exclusiveness. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, the Yelp reviewer or Google on, on the restaurant is like you. Right. They're a person with similar experiences, expectations. They get pissed off if they waste their money on a trash cold meal. Uh, they're looking for value. Mm. More so, they're much more inclined towards the cost of the thing. Is there a wait to get in? Do I need a... Like, really um, regular stuff. Right. And then there's us who have shipments (laughs) coming through the door. Through the window. Yeah, it's... (laughs) And we talk about it for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm and we're elevated because of it and you get check marks beside your name right so we became we become the fancy ones and then attempt to talk to people about the local restaurant right
1: but i feel like those people who are doing the Yelp reviews and are you know those people who are doing the Yelp reviews will eventually become the fancy restaurant if they continue giving reviews yeah that's what i'm saying but okay my point is, right. is
0: the best review is right. from the person who doesn't review things professionally Right, the one time that <laughs> one
1: is- <laughs> <laughs> do you see what i'm saying here no i
0: do i do I it's do. it's so yeah it's so weird how that works yeah. e- e- even to the extent in my personal life where i've had this experience because i play hockey right with some yeah, guys here. i've yeah. known forever and uh I would make videos on something, and they would watch the video, and they will be like, hey, man, is it really good, though? (laughs) It's true. It's true. What is that moment? Yeah. That moment is, like, I know you're doing a whole thing over there. I know you got a whole show. Right. I know that these brands have things coming through the door and everything, the rest of it. Uh, But, like, I want the real information.
1: Yeah. Do I buy it or not, Lou?
0: Please give me the real information. And that's how you know something's broken. Right. People who trust you in real life are saying... Can I have some real life? yeah because social media has grown to, to an extent where if, for the average person, looking at someone who does it professionally feels so disconnected from their movement through life. yeah I don't know I, it's just something I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about I, I, I'm not but uh, full, I'm not fully uh, fleshed out on it right. here, but it's it's, it's, it's I, I started to feel guilty about like of course I have tremendous history of telling people not to buy things of course. Especially when the market was looking for reasons not to buy things. Right. If you look at the success of the "Don't buy stuff," it's not me creating it; no. it's people wanting it. Right. They are so being told so many directions that they need the thing. Right. They can take a they they. Oh, someone's telling me I don't need it.
1: Yeah, but I also feel like the "Don't buy stuff" is is very. It's, it's kind of feeds into tribalism because. You have uh, a group of people who prefer one style of product and the other people who don't, and then they want to watch those don't buy videos so that they can feel like they made the right choice of the opposite product they purchased. So there is those two aspects of it as well.
0: Also, so they don't need to feel excluded for not having the money for a $1,000 phone every year. Exactly. That's true. That's a pretty nasty feeling. It is a nasty feeling. When when, when 27 tech channels come out with this... uh, What do I have right now? I got 18 different iPhones over there. Every single variation in color. They look like candy sitting on a table. Of course, And they're being flashed and brandished around and you feel resentful? I don't blame you. Of
1: course. How can you not?
0: And so what? Do you deserve less representation than those that are all gung-ho like cheerleaders? Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just stopped doing it altogether because I realized that the entire... There's guilt associated with the entire conversation, either feeding into the fact that the person needs a brand new thing every five seconds or feeding into the alternative, which is that they should be mad at the people who feel right. that they do. It, and, and so then it was just, okay, I'm presenting the thing. Here is the item. Here's what it looks like. Here's the experience of getting it. Here's what the specs look like. And, right. and I don't know you well enough and you don't know me well enough for us to go down the path of me determining whether this is the right right thing for you.
1: And the only way to do that is with those personal conversations you have with people in real life, unfortunately. A two-way interface. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Please, please (laughs) please do. I mean, okay, so you say that the only way to, I mean, you know, people feel resentful because you're, you're flashing the latest and greatest and you're saying it has this spec and it's better than that spec. But you could also say that if you didn't have access to this stuff... How are you or anyone else supposed to make a, an accurate uh, description or review of the latest prog- product if they don't have experience with all the other ones? Like how, are you, how, are, how is the average user supposed to know that the jump from the iPhone 11, based on his personal experience, because he might not have it, to the 13 or whatever the phone is, is worth upgrading unless you had access to all these devices or all
0: these pieces of products? I mean, to, to me, let's uh, go back to the food analogy. Right. It's just at a certain point, people have had, the general public has had a wide enough variety of experiences to give some pretty typical feedback. Like, here's what I mean to yeah. say. Here's what I mean to say. The difference between the iPhone 13 right. and the iPhone 11. Right. Now, how many people do you know that, or let's go to iPhone 10. Let's go all the way back to iPhone 10. So how many generations is that, 10, 11? Three or four. 13 whatever pro variants and so forth there's a lot of people that somewhere in their social graph has a person with experience somewhere along that chain and can actually probably put together a conversation of individuals who have some variety or variants of that as well Mm -hmm. i think the difference between devices is less significant than the, like right now there's such parity across smartphones Absolutely. it's so yeah. hard to buy a bad yeah, smartphone no, yeah. that actually the the bigger discrepancy is how much money somebody wants to spend right that's the range when i'm in a social group somebody be, i want a phone for 200 bucks someone else is going to spend two grand on this one yeah that is way more important in a person's decision than whether they get a samsung or an iphone mm-hmm. in my opinion I oh just, for
1: sure it's always about the budget Right, it's always about the budget, and that's yeah.
0: that's the hardest part to grapple with, right? Because the prestigious stuff or the expensive stuff or particularly the Apple stuff yeah. is always going to draw the bigger crowd, right? Of course, better to look at, of course. Uh, try go try talking about some budget <laughs> thing and yeah. actually helping people, no. and watch it crash because it's not aspirational, right? It's, yeah. There, so again, uh, I I think when we started, there was that you could right. actually bump into a trash product and then That's you, a could, thing. you yeah. could be really useful and tell people to avoid it. Yeah. And now, I mean, the you mentioned tribalism, like you go and do some don't buy thing, even if you believed it to be true, you uh are playing into something that is such a uh slim gradient. It's of just course. not that big of a difference. No. To to the extent that you um, he wished that more people knew that. Right. I, I really, I really wish that would be my main takeaway having access to everything. Right. I've had access to everything. And let me tell you, this would be my, me talking to the public. I've had access to everything. And let me tell you, you really can't go wrong and you really don't need to be watching these videos. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, you do not need to be watching my videos. If right. you get something else out of it or whatever, or it helps you pass the time or it makes you feel calm or whatever, right. then sure. But when it comes to me telling you what you need, you probably already know before you got there. Right, it's true. and Which is why you're so prepared to defend that position. Of course. And it's not the videos or the people that helped you get there. It's probably more towards personal experiences. I mean, if you you jump on an Apple website and pre-order the iPhone 13 Pro at a thousand bucks, it's not your first iPhone.
1: No, no, (laughs) you're an enthusiast. You're an enthusiast. But you've had so many
0: iPhones right. that your experience is just—it's gonna my. be the same.
1: But like, yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's but, better.
0: It's better actually. Right. Because you exclusively use that phone right, for exactly. the whole year.
1: Well, that's one reason why I don't I don't carry an Android phone as my main device anymore. And this sounds really stupid, but this is my personal reason. I love Android. I used to only use Android devices, but I know I can only use one iPhone a year. I know I know it's like a small thing, but there's only one iPhone that comes out every single year, so. The thing is, when you have access to all the latest... Like you're using the Z Fold 3, right? Yeah. Okay. So what were you using before that?
0: Uh, iPhone 12... Wait. Uh, iPhone 12 Pro? Will, me out, <laughs> out here. You see the problem? Okay. The problem is you're Pro. using
1: so many different phones that you're having a tough time remembering. A- absolutely. Right? For me, if I stick to one device, then I don't have that issue. So like, yes, technically I'm still in the whole... You know, I'm in the space where I get these devices thrown out too, but I know that I'm not taking my main SIM out of my main device until a new iPhone comes out.
0: Wouldn't you be worried that your exposure to the alternative product, like kind of like you referenced earlier, yeah. that you might, that, that you might have some weakness there if you're not uh, well i still forcing. review the
1: phones right because i have another sim where i can just like put my iphone down and use the phone but i always go back and the reason why is is because when i found when i was reviewing android phones there was literally a new one coming out every single week and i had yeah. something that was a tiny bit better but really it didn't make a difference to me you know and i was constantly setting up the phone and I know when you set up the phone it takes your time and then you gotta use it <laughs> and then you gotta do it again and then again and then you just start losing your mind so i was like i had enough so I just stick to one phone, and then but, I review the other phone and put see it aside. You
0: how crazy that is. It though? is. These are first world problems. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's crazy, and it's crazy yeah. in the sense that, I, for for the record, I don't think you're alone. I've had a yeah. lot of people sit on that couch from this space, for sure. and they do exactly the same thing. Yeah. But yet, the way it's presented on a channel is with some level of equivalency. Yeah. That you're treating everything fairly. Right. That you're absolutely. At, uh, that you're looking at everything equivalently. That you that you would. Um, that everything's an option. You don't. You don't come into a video, and neither do I. And at the very beginning of it, say my SIM card's not going in here. I'll never use this. Right. I don't want to set this thing up. Yeah. Imagine that video. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> people won't
1: take you seriously. But but there's also a lot of people who who specifically say they only use one style of phone, but yet use another phone in the background. I don't care. I'll say it straight up. Like I use an iPhone, and I review Android phones, and it is what it is. If you don't like it, then don't watch my videos, right? Yeah. But. You know, I just think you just have to find some sort of system for yourself so you don't mentally go crazy. I've also stopped reviewing significantly less Android phones. I can't review every single phone that comes out of China. There's just too many, Mm -hmm. right? It's just crazy. I try to stick to the ones that I find interesting. You know, the ones that like the Z Fold, the Z Flip, like those are interesting to me, right? Whether I'd use it or not, I want to review it. Those are interesting. But like, you know, this phone from this company who just came out of this, you know, shop over here and there, it's like, is there something interesting about it that it's going to, make me want to review it mm-hmm. you know and i think every every reviewer gets to that point too who has to make these sort of decisions on whether they're going to do the same thing hmm. and it also comes down to the, what we're talking about before is the audience going to watch a phone that is the same as the other phone but is the same price and looks the same too right is it going to give you the views and is it going to, is there an interest for it so it's like a circle
0: oh yeah. yeah i mean we're constantly we're constantly doing that math yeah and like and nowhere in there is there is does the conversation take place that happens in the parking lot after hockey where they look at you and say, hey, man, I I know you do this for a living. Can I get some advice? Yeah. Which is I think the feeling or at least maybe once upon a time was the closer to the YouTube formula. Right. It was pretty simple. Yeah. It was trying to emulate... the, that was a true authenticity. The YouTube, yeah. it was right. a, that it was way closer to that conversation. Now we're we're calculating so much, and we've got so much baggage, and so many experiences that it becomes really well. I would say mechanically impossible to achieve the thing because of your own progression in the space and your new relationship with that reality, right? Which is a whole different world, of course. And so if you were to say, like, I get, I'll get comments uh what happened to to this channel why is he not excited why is there not like this this type of thing with no uh analysis from the viewer whoever it is who leaves that comment by the way i i totally understand of course i'm not it's not a criticism against the comment the comment is fair but the part i'm getting at is nowhere along the line does the individual who writes that do the math as far as the amount of exposure. That's right. my, you know, hundred and thousand, how many videos I published? Fifteen hundred. That it, that it's it's, 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 the behind the scenes exposure to the thing that of course excitement level is going to change. Right. Uh, that's not, um, that should be expected. That shouldn't be a surprise that the surprise ran out to a certain extent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's expectation, right? I mean they want you to always be excited. You know, unless it's a product you're obviously not excited about and you're saying don't buy this or something, but that's an audience that's a that's a that's an expectation the audience has grown with you. Yeah. Through the through the beginning. And
0: <sighs> that's why I like to represent the backstory. I like to represent the background because I feel it provides a more accurate picture as to what this process does and it's not complaining by the way it's right. me wanting to be accurate Yeah. if somebody is to watch this video right now I want them to know what it's like to be here so then they can watch the videos with that pair of sunglasses with that pair of, of lenses and say okay I know why he's talking about it the way he's talking about it because I now have a little bit more texture around the day to day with the thing Right. and that just makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me feel more mm, responsible. Yeah. But I think it's all... Yeah, and that's why this
1: style of format is so important, I think. You know? Like, to be able to do this.
0: Otherwise, that part of it wouldn't be out there. It wouldn't
1: exist. It wouldn't exist. And it, it would exist in the background, maybe. You know? Maybe not Maybe not me and you, but maybe with another creator that you know personally. But there wouldn't be all of these conversations built up as a backlog for these users to go through and experience through because it just wouldn't exist, mm. you know? And I think that's, I think I think people want to see the backstory, or at least some of them, or most, actually I think a lot of them want to see the backstory just as much as the, you know, full production, here's my unboxing video, Lou, you know, or Matt or whoever it is, right? They, they want to see that because... You may not have like a community you chat with or whatever, but it still builds a community around you, you know, and it makes it, even though they don't know me or you, there's still more of a personal connection that would never have existed if this didn't, this style didn't happen. Do you know what I mean?
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, part, part of me is already doing the next yeah. math, knowing that most people won't see it. Right. The thing that we're talking about right now. Right. Well,
1: maybe. But maybe. I
0: feel better with it out there than not anyway. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I agree. And Uh, like I said, it it breaks things up, you know? It gives you a chance to do something you you not necessarily normally do. And at least you feel good about it. I don't know if you do, but maybe you feel good about this style of conversation,
0: you know? Oh, it just feels more honest. Exactly. It feels more honest. That's all I would say. I mean, I'm I'm not, it's not about, uh, there's uh, maybe like a, a feeling that dishonesty is in the form of saying something that's untrue where... I look at production methods as being potentially dishonest. Right. Like our entire segment depends on things looking good. That we're not going to make something look unintentionally ugly. What if it's got a bunch of fingerprints on it right. or or like why is it what is this aesthetic around the thing? Why are we trying to make <laughs> it look so nice? Right. If uh it's crazy
1: like even though we're not like even though we're let's say we're giving a negative or a half big not a half, like either a negative or moderate negative review, we're still taking the time to show the product in its glory and its in its best form. You know, we're still <laughs> advertising. Sl- slider. It. Shot. Yeah, exactly. Slider of this. You know, weird. Like it, it, it's very weird. And that's why like some of these companies, you know, I know Mark has made a video about it, but some of these companies, and obviously you've experienced this too, is they're taking advantage of it. You know, they're like, here's an embargo date for the hands-on. Here's an embargo date for the review, because they know that hands-on video is not going to be negative. You know,
0: oh, they, know oh, they know it's not. Sure. Right? Yeah, they know it's not. Right? They know it's not.
1: Like I've had i I've actually had Samsung call me in for a hands on review and then not send me the product after, even though it was like, you know, normal hands-on. You know, I bought the product myself and reviewed it. But like these are the things that companies are are getting aware of and they're they're taking advantage of you know and even though and we do it because it's content for us it's going yeah. to get us views and it's just again it's it's a never ending battle between us and
0: yeah and ultimately at the end of the day yeah the entire ecosystem our existence depends on the release of these things right depends on the sale, sure. depends on the sale of these things no matter what you say if this marketplace isn't Profitable. If the whole thing isn't working, neither are we. Right. So we're selling regardless.
1: Oh, for sure. There's no way about. It. Even if you're a brand new person, bought it yourself, you're still selling. Yeah.
0: We're good. We're good. Thanks, man. No problem. <laughs>
1: that was quick. How long did that go for? Oh, I'm supposed to take it off.